Hey, it's Brian Haney, the voice of the Jayhawks. A two-hand follow jam is true for Josh Jackson. You're listening to the Morning Blitz with my main man, Ross Volkmer, right here on 1025 You Rock. Mountain, 8.35 Central on a Wednesday. Glad you're with us here on this August the 23rd. Once again, another hot day expected today. Temperatures in the triple digits. One guy that hot temperatures do not affect is Dan Lucero because he has a pool in his backyard. Good morning, Dan. Good morning. Um, That is only partially true. Uh, I can confirm that uh, that uh, the triple-digit uh, temperatures make me just about as miserable as anybody else, pool or no pool. Uh, the, uh, the the heat is not my favorite, especially in uh, mid-late August. We're supposed to be getting ready for football, you know? Kids are supposed to be practicing after school, not at 5 a.m. to have to beat this heat, man. No, I hear you. It's it's a it's kind of a semi scary time. Uh, you know, you want you have to be careful, and luckily there's a lot of rules and guidelines in place. Been visiting with a lot of area high school football coaches about that. And yes, you know, being careful and practicing in the morning and trying to make sure you don't spend too much time in the heat. But yeah, I don't know. It, your your tan ought to be fantastic by now, is what I think. You ought to be about as uh, golden brown as a piece of toast. Yeah, I look I look like a chicken nugget, man. It's great. <laughs> That's great. I'm glad to hear it. I, I tell you, Dan, I, one thing that I have found here, you know, doing this show for multiple years, you get to this time of the year, and I tell you, you're, 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 almost, you're, you're so close to football that you can almost reach it. But I tell you, it, it's, you're, you're, you've talked about a lot of different things getting up to this point. It kind of becomes slim pickings on what to discuss and things like that. I was, I was kind of curious, you know, when, when you guys there at WW were putting things together, putting your shows together, I mean, how challenging at this time of year when you're getting this close to the year, but you're not quite there to talk about the games yet. Oh man, this is uh, you know you're you're born again a little bit this time of year as a sports talk host because it is football season and because uh, there is a lot to talk about and I mean it's a it's a great time to be a football fan in the state of Kansas provided that you root for one of the local teams obviously the Chiefs coming off of a Super Bowl championship and the Kansas State Wildcats coming off a Big Twelve championship great expectations for them. Uh, Great excitement for Kansas. Maybe this is the year they uh, break their streak of non-winning seasons after they won uh, six games last year, and and they've got a chance to improve. So you're just kind of uh, excited and, and and trying to to look for ways to to discuss those teams and uh, examine those teams. And um, we got uh, got about a week and a half until KU and K State take to the gridiron. Who is the most intriguing football team, college or pro? in the state of Kansas, in your opinion? The most intriguing. I mean, they're, they're all – each each team has a different set of expectations, and uh, are, they are intriguing in their own ways because of that. But uh, the fact that we are now talking about Kansas, Kansas football, Kansas Jayhawk football, as, hey, can they have a winning season? I mean – Two years ago, they were still uh, bottom of the barrel, probably the worst Power 5 program in the country. Um, And the assumption last year was that it would probably be more of the same. You know, maybe a good year would be they win three, four games. They turn around and go 5-0 and out of the gate. If Jalen Daniels doesn't get hurt, who knows uh, how the season would have turned out, how many games they could have won. So uh, with Daniels 
back, although he, uh, he's been a little dinged up and hasn't practiced every day. There's not really any long-term concern with him. Uh, he'll be ready to go week one. With him back, with so many pieces on the offense back, including Devin Neal at running back and, and probably the best offensive line KU's had in, in, in a decade and a half, um, there, there's a lot of optimism for the offense. As for the defense, did I mention there's a lot of optimism about the offense? Uh, they're going to have to win some pinball games. They're going to have to win some shootouts. But uh, they're going to be a lot of fun, and uh, Kansas football has not really been fun very often in the last uh, 15 or so years. It's, it's, it's intriguing that they've gotten so fun so fast. No, it is. My only concern would be the schedule is going to be a little bit tougher than maybe it was last year a little bit. And, of course, you know, with a tougher schedule and, and – you know, Jalen Daniels is a huge piece of that team, and with him getting injured last year, there's a chance to get injured this year. I mean, is is there a chance for a step back for Kansas football? And if there is a step back, how much momentum does that cost, you know, Lance Leipold with the fan base and things of that sort? Because there's a lot of momentum on his side right now. You know, I have a lot of trouble seeing it going back, way backward. Like, I mean, backward to what Kansas has been for the better part of the, you know, for, for the i I'm saying, I'm like, saying yeah. no bowl game. I'm saying like five wins, four wins, if that yeah, were the if case. They go, if, they, if, they, if they happen to go five and seven, um, it, it would depend on, it would depend on the five, and it would depend on the nature of the seven. Like, if they're going back out there and they're getting blown out again, that would be, it would be disappointing. And it would maybe, uh, it wouldn't totally uh, halt the momentum, but it, it it would slow it for sure because uh, you know there is so much uh, optimism surrounding the football program for the first time in so long. But I, I think there's also an understanding that this is still a process that the program's not all the way where you know Leipold wants it to be, where fans would like it to be. Uh, they've done a tremendous job on the recruiting trail. This isn't just a short-term, boy, it better happen this year or it's just never going to happen for KU football. Uh, they're still building something for the long haul here that I think people can be excited about. Visiting with Dan Lucero, former co-host of the Morning Blitz, now, of course, at WWW in Topeka. I want to go back to the Kansas City Chiefs a little bit here. They looked really rough in their first preseason game, looked much better in the second. Not that we're surprised because it should be better in the second game, but you know, that, that second preseason game, they certainly looked a little bit better, and that's that's got to make you feel better, even though it is still just the preseason. And, and how hard is it to, in your opinion, to judge anything to what to expect in the regular season in the preseason? It's almost impossible, particularly when, when you're a team like the Chiefs. Like, uh, um, I want to say it was it, it Mike Tanier, uh, football writer, right? Used to write for Football Outsiders. Now he writes for a website called The Messenger, and he was writing about how the starters looked for all of the teams who played starters in Week Two of the preseason. And his evaluation of how the Chiefs starters looked was no one cares. And uh, that is kind of how I feel a little bit too, because they are Super Bowl champions. Like, oh, they, they had a penalty. They had a drop pass. Ah, they'll figure it out. They won the Super Bowl last year. Uh, Patrick Mahomes missed on a pass. Yeah, he'll, he'll get that right. He's, he's two-time MVP. They won the Super Bowl last year. So there's only but so concerned, uh, and I would say not at all concerned, you should be about, oh, a mistake here or a mistake there in a preseason game. Because I think, you know, guys are just trying to, 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 to shake the rust off, to – to, to feel that contact 
play against a team in a different uniform and just get used to that, used to the preparation, get their bodies ready uh, for that first game. And, and, and the end outcome, whether it's a one-point loss like the first preseason game or a 28-point win like the second one, uh, it doesn't really matter so much. What you're looking for really in preseason are, are things on an individual level, guys you're hoping can be contributors or guys who maybe pop up and you say, wow, that's, that's surprising that they are this heavily featured in the defense or in the offense, and maybe they got a bigger chance to make an impact this year than we realized. Dan Lucero, once again, our guest in Morning Blitz. I, I want to shift over to baseball, and I don't really even want to talk about the Royals or the Rockies, the teams, but about the Royals and their new stadium. They announced they, they drew, drew up some renderings. It must be rendering season in Kansas because Kansas got their football <laughs> renderings, and now the Royals have got their renderings. I, I guess I sit here, and I remember they redid Kauffman Stadium. I'm guessing it's probably now 15, 20 years ago now. But, uh, you know, they redid it. I mean, do they really need a new ballpark in Kansas City, do you think? You, you, you've been there multiple times. The K is a gem. Uh, been a couple of times this year. Like, yeah, does, are, there, are there places where it shows its age? Uh, it's there, you know, some concrete that's cracked and, and uh, maybe leaks after it rains. Yeah, you got you got some of that. I mean, it's the fourth oldest ballpark in the major leagues now, if you can believe it. Uh, th- there are certainly some areas where it shows its age, but the ownership group. They don't want a new ballpark because the K's getting old. They want a new ballpark because they want to lease the land around it and make money off of that because that's the model. That's what everybody else, that's what every other ownership group who wants a new stadium, who's built a new stadium, has been able to do. That's what Dick Monfort has done with the Rockies, leasing that land uh, that's now McGregor Square down that line uh, in the uh, that, that left field entrance, if, if any of your listeners have been to Coors Field recently and have seen that open up the last couple of years, it, it, uh, it, it's, it's not a new ballpark so much as it's a new real estate development. The Royals just happen to be tenants. That's what John Sherman wants. It's a chance to make money. Uh, it's, uh, it's a cash grab. And uh, we'll see which county, Jackson or Clay County, on the Missouri side of Kansas City, We'll see which side is is more willing to give a billionaire money he doesn't need to build a stadium he doesn't really need. If you were to put the stadium where you wanted, where would you pick if you had to pick between those two sites? I like the downtown site. I think that there's a lot to say for downtown ballparks. Again, I as a Rockies fan, Coors Field is a gem, and to be able to go to downtown Denver to go to that ballpark then to go out downtown after the game or before the game, have those entertainment options. Um, it, it's really cool. And uh, it will keep attendance up even in uh, difficult years because going to the game can be just part of a night out. Whereas if you're going to Coffin stadium, like that's what you're doing. You're going to the game. Uh, you know, you're, you're, you're going for the game. And if you had downtown ballpark, you have people that will, you know, make it part of a night out and it will, it will goose attendance and that'll be a positive. Uh, the, the only problem in Kansas city is uh, public transit sucks to be, to be completely blunt about it. And it's not just within downtown Kansas city. It's the fact that there's no real way for any of the suburbs, either in Kansas or Missouri to get downtown using public transit. And so that makes, parking and all of the logistics a bit of a nightmare um it'll be interesting to see how they solve that problem but uh 
I do like a downtown ballpark better than I like the idea of a ballpark village in a place where nobody goes. Dan Lucero, uh, former co-host of the Morning Blitz, now WW Sports. Dan, as always, thank you so much for spending some time with us on a Wednesday and try and beat the heat as best you can by jumping in that pool. Hey, stay hydrated, everybody. Stay safe out there. Thanks for having me on, Ross. You once again, great stuff. Dan Lucero here on the Morning Blitz. Yeah, Royals got, once again, two different locations they're looking at. East Village, that's, of course, downtown near the Power and Light, which, once again, like Dan said, probably the spot to go if you're looking for entertainment. He's right. Yeah, Dan makes a phenomenal point talking about how, you know, it's about, you know, making it an event for the evening. You go downtown, you get some food before the game, you have a couple drinks, you go to the ballpark, you have a good time there, and then you go and have another drink afterwards, and then you get a ride home. You know, that that kind of thing. Uh, whereas, you know, if you go somewhere where there's nothing, then you've got to build everything around that, which you could do. You can do that. That just takes more money. But you, you could build around it and, and build an entertainment district like that if you want to put up a new ballpark. But I've, I've always kind of been in that spot. Like, do the Royals really need a new stadium? Because I can think of a lot of other places around the country, doesn't matter what sport it is, that could use new stadiums way more than they could. The Oakland Athletics, the Washington Commanders. You know, I could go up and down. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter. That need new stadiums or renovations because they are way, way, way behind. All right, we're about uh, 10 minutes till the top of the hour. We'll take a break, come back, get you up to what happened with the Royals and the Rockies last night, and uh, wrap things up here on a Wednesday. This is the Morning Blitz.